in West Des Moines. The Vikings are reportedly sticking with Nick Mullins as their starting quarterback for Sunday's game against the Lions. Vikings currently the sixth seed in the NFC playoff picture. After getting back in the win column Sunday in Foxborough, the Chiefs now get ready to host the Raiders. KC currently the third seed in the AFC. The Eagles listing quarterback Jalen Hurts is questionable for tonight's Monday night matchup with the Seahawks. Hurts traveled separately from the rest of the team to Seattle. I'm Doug Thompson. For the win from the Jethro's Barbecue Studios, where every Monday get one of Jethro's world famous meal deals. Score! This is Des Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Welcome back, Miller and Condon. It's the morning sports station, 106.3 KXNO. Ten minutes or so, five minutes, probably more like it. Nick Athen on the Kansas City Chiefs. Scott Dockerman scheduled to join us at the bottom of the hour, although things are being pushed back in Iowa City. Phil Parker's just uh, given the media some time, and that's probably going to take a while as they catch up with the uh, with uh, Phil Parker. Uh, we'll get the latest there, hopefully with Doc coming up at about 12.30, 12.35, Mr. Monday night to make an appearance as well. If it doesn't work, we'll reschedule for tomorrow. What we have seen come out on Twitter, Jay Higgins is yet to to make his decision. Um, likewise, Sebastian Castro has yet to make his decision whether he's going to, either one of those two will take advantage of that COVID year and come back for another season at Iowa. And Cooper DeGene uh, just spoke as well and He's saying all the right things, but he also knows uh, that this is an opportunity for life-changing money mm-hmm. uh, for him. And it's in reading between the lines, sounds as though that's the direction he will probably go. But who knows? It reminds me a lot of the Sam Laporta decision, where it felt like yeah, we kind yeah. of heard like both. Kirk Ferentz kind of told you have to go. Right. Like, yes, of course we would love to have you mm-hmm. back. But there was a point I remember thinking Laporta might come back. Yes. I wish he would have come back. See and what he did to my Broncos this week. Absolutely. Jesus, he's good. Hawkinson, the same thing. I mean, yeah. those guys were invested mm-hmm. and really wanted to come back. But you have to look at it in the big picture. <sighs> yes, another year in a Hawkeye uniform, but the millions that await you. Is Sam Laporta running out of season as far as winning the Offensive Rookie of the Year. I mean, I know Stroud's overwhelming right, right now, right? right? And his own teammate Gibbs is a, is a good story. Laporta's the best rookie on that team. Yes, there's no doubt about that. Look what he's doing. He's it's uncoverable. Awesome. Yeah. And did you, I mean, we we never got to see the full compliment of him just because of the crappiness that was the <laughs> Iowa offense. Uh-huh. I mean, he was their leading receiver, but it was just so broken that... right. We didn't know it was going to be no. this. I don't think it's as um, um, as personified as I didn't think George Kittle was going to end up being George Kittle. Right, right. right. Yeah. You mean number forty? Was he forty six? Forty six at Iowa. Mm-hmm. Uh, just one another guy uh, in the room, and look what he's become. But Laporta has been incredible. So that's the latest as far as the Hawkeyes. The other thing from over the weekend. Do you buy the Joe Philbin? Um, I can. What sense? And the fact that not that it's a done deal. Okay. Uh, although I think it's if if it, I wouldn't be surprised if it's a done deal. Sure. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that this would um, a. He's a Ferentz guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's not going to come in and try and create waves. Right. Right. He's um. 
it kind of feels to me because at, at, he's what 62, 63 years old mm-hmm. that he took the Ohio State job, you know, kind of the rocking chair, right? Right. I'm at that point. I made all the money. I've done everything. I won a Super Bowl. Blah blah blah. Um, and is he just kind of you know easing into retirement in Ohio State? Mm-hmm. Are you doing the same thing in Iowa City? If it does play out in that fashion. It's not an unfair question to ask. Right. If that happens, wouldn't be surprising. Kirk not going outside, mm-hmm. right? Bringing in somebody that he's comfortable with, mm-hmm. that has done good work. And you know what else? And somebody put this out there, and I thought, at first I thought, God, no, come on, it doesn't matter. But then I thought, you know what? It does matter who Brian wants. And when I, when I say, what I mean by that is, is, is Kirk's going to hire somebody that Brian would be okay I mean, Brian's gone. He's gone. He's gone. And it shouldn't matter what it iota. It shouldn't matter, but, but it does. does, doesn't it? It does. Yes. Yeah. It shouldn't. Uh-huh. But the reality is, this is still Kirk making the decision. Yep. And it's okay, Dad. I know it's a tougher thing for you to do, but you know what? It's the right move. It yeah. Makes everybody in the family happy. If this does play out, and it is Philbin that is the OC, mm-hmm. you have to bring in a real quarterback coach. Without a doubt. A real one. Yes. And not the guy that's been there the last two no, years. No, and bringing a quarterback coach in his 30s, because no offense to us 60-year-olds, mm-hmm. right? College kids today don't relate to 60. They relate to 30. Don't put a meathead offensive line coach and make him a quarterback coach, because we saw the disaster. And he, you try to bring in help in John Budmeyer, and it didn't help. Mm-hmm. Bring in a real quarterback coach. Yep. It has to be done. Quarterback play now for a long time has been deplorable in Iowa City. It's been mm-hmm. awful. Mm-hmm. And the guys that they bring in, well, you don't get to see them. And as we saw with Joe Labus, he plays one game because he had to <laughs> right. and don't get to see him. Well, then that's the quarterback coach problem. If you cannot feel comfortable watching as bad a quarterback play as we've seen the last two years and you're not comfortable putting in the backups, that is coaching. That is a concern there. If the gap between Spencer Petras was as big as they made it sound, that's a problem. If the gap between Deacon Hill and everybody else was that big, oh that is a quarterback coach problem. Bring in a real one. Again, yep. reality, though, as opposed to what they should do, mm-hmm. those are two different things. We shall see. Uh, we shall see. But it seemed like uh, uh, the Philbin rumor certainly took off on, on Friday night. Whether it happens or not, when it happens, remains to be seen. To uh, answer your question, Offensive Rookie of the Year. This is currently at DraftKings. C.J. Stroud, minus 10,000. <laughs> so even if he misses the rest of the year, it sounds like he's home free. It sounds that way. Your second choices tied are Jameer Gibbs at 20 to 1 along with Puka Nakua. Oh, sure. Yeah. Uh Bijan Robinson at 35 to 1. On. He's been a disappointment. Yeah. Jordan Addison, 50 to 1. Big game on yeah, Saturday. He did. Yeah. And there is Sam Laporta at 75 to 1. Still that big of a well, it just all reflects on, on Strouds. Yes. Laporta, 71 catches, 758, nine touchdowns. If he gets to, let's see, what, three games left? Mm-hmm. If he gets to... Two ni- against the Vikings. 90 catches, 900-plus yards, and say... 10, 12, 11, 13, Probably somewhere 12, there. 13 yeah. touchdowns probably to get there. And Stroud doesn't play the rest of the year? It's 75 to 1? I've taken worse flyers. Right? I mean, don't even invest a fiver, for God's sake. I got a $5 free bet. There I you go. I know where it's going. 75 to... He's running out of season. He's unbelievable. And Patrick Sertan was on him at times uh, on uh, on side. Boy, the Broncos laid an egg just when I thought, you know, they, they sucked me back in. I knew Russell Wilson was fool's gold. 
<sighs> so mad. Anyways, anyways, uh, we will uh, talk to uh, Nick Athen on the Kansas City Chiefs. They did not look great, I didn't think. They won. That's the bottom line. They won. They're in the driver's seat. The AFC West, which might have been you know d- close down the stretch or certainly intriguing down the stretch, uh, any um, of that drama was removed when the Lions stuck it to uh, the Denver Broncos on Saturday. And after struggling a little bit about it against the Patriots, uh, the Chiefs pulled away late, although Patrick Mahomes was not happy camper at the end of it again, uh, and deservedly so, or understandably, I guess so. Nick Athens, ChiefsBlitz.com, he joins us. Nick Trenton, Ken, uh, 9-5 and five in the driver's seat uh, in the AFC West. Not crazy to think that there's still a pathway, although it's going to be difficult uh, for, the, uh, for the AFC to go through Arrowhead Stadium. Uh, your thoughts on the game? If you had to grade it out of 10, uh, a win's a win, I get it, but it doesn't look like the Chiefs have looked in the past. Well, they're a different football team, guys. Let's just be honest. I mean, they're, you know, they, they just, so many defenses have changed the way they, you know, play the Chiefs now, and they're constantly having to adjust. And, you know, they went up against the master uh, on Sunday. That's true. Yep. Good point. And honestly, he made that defense look pretty bad. I mean, there were guys wide open on virtually every snap that Pat Mahomes had time to throw the football in. You know, you don't you don't say that very often about a, a you know a Patriots defense, and you know when they got pressure on Mahomes, he struggled. But you know, he still had twenty seven and thirty seven, three hundred five yards, a couple of touchdowns, uh, one interception, kind of his fault. The other one not. But you know, this is who they are. I mean, I think Peter King said it well this morning in his article when he was talking to Patrick Mahomes, and he said, "Hey, you know, teams don't um, teams don't make changes in December; they make changes in March. So this is the team they have." I still think there's a team to beat in the AFC, and uh, we'll see how that pans out. But um, they're different. We have to accept that they're different, but, man, they still have number 15. And I thought there were points in that game yesterday where he looked outstanding. Yeah, and Rice is a guy that continues to develop, right? He's the guy that eventually you feel is going to be there. What do you think on Kelsey? Is he banged up? Is he just 34? Because this is certainly not the same dynamic guy. He's still good. It's not to say that Travis Kelsey isn't good, but he's not what he once was. What do you see from him? Yeah, I'm I'm with you. I, you know, I don't listen. I think it just has to do with his body's beat up. Mm -hmm. You know, it's Mm -hmm. December. Um, You know, it's not Taylor Swift. No, you know, it's not all these other things that are circling on the in the drain right now. The bottom line is his body's older. They're triple and double teaming him. You know, when you get if you if you play tight end and you're getting hit by one or two people virtually every time you snap the ball, you know, it's gonna take its toll. And thank goodness they have Rasheed Rice and Clyde Davis Hilaire even played yeah. outstanding. Played well yesterday, well. yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, you know, Rice was nine for nine and ninety one yards and a terrific touchdown throw from from uh from the running back in McKinnon. But you know, I, I think Kelsey's just thirty four years old and you know, he's probably looking at the the other side of, of football when it's over, I, I think he'll come back next year. I don't think he's going to retire. Mm-hmm. Um, but maybe they're just saving him, or maybe he's saving his energy for the stretch run in the postseason, and you know, that's when they need him. You know, All Travis has to do to say he's back is you know, score a couple touchdowns in a postseason game and get close to 100 yards, and you know, no one's going to remember what happened in the regular season. So I personally think they're controlling his reps. Um, they're 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 going to be cautious with him over the next three games, 
and get him ready for the postseason. Uh, how much longer can they continue <laughs> to trot Kadarius Tony out onto the field? I mean, he's driving Mahomes nuts. I get it, uh, yeah. and he should be. Um, you know, I think we were all shocked when the Giants gave up as quickly as they did on their first round pick in 2021. Now maybe there's right. a reason behind it, right? I mean, that was back to back. There's been egregious <laughs> win. There's been you watch him every week, Nick. This is in the first yeah. two week stretch that Tony's done something boneheaded like this. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm trying to take the positive route with this kid. And, you know, what I noticed today, I, I watched some film from last year, watched some of the games from last year and some of the clips. You know, the Chiefs put him outside a lot. You know, they put him as an outside receiver and not in the slot where he has to think, he has to do a lot of stuff. You know, I, I think that's the biggest mistake they've made with him. I know they've been trying to feature the ball to MBS, you know, but obviously his, his reps were diminished yesterday. Maybe put Tony on the outside and see what he can do. You know, just try to try to give up some confidence. I mean, I, I go back to the play he made where he adjusted his gloves and, you know, caught the ball. And, you know, all the big success he had last year, a lot of it was on the outside. So um, I think between the motion and playing him in the slot, and plus the kid is putting so much pressure on himself, I mean, he just can't, he can't, he can't focus long enough out there because he's worried about, okay, I'm going to catch the ball and i got to make a great play to make up for all of my mistakes. And, and um, now listen, they need him. Uh, they won a Super Bowl last year because of him. They don't win that Super Bowl probably without that punt return and, you know, and that touchdown pass because that just changed everything um, in that football game. So I'm not going to give up on him. Mahomes isn't going to give up on him. Andy Reid loves him. I mean, Andy Reid, just kind of like with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, everybody bashed Hilaire for two-plus years. Yesterday was the first time he looked he, – that was the best he's played since before his injury against the Saints in his rookie year. So, you know, Reid's not going to give up on him. And certainly with the money they're paying him for next year and the year after, they're not going to give up on him. So it's just a matter of, you know, can he clear the cobwebs and just go out there and catch the ball first and see what happens second. But, uh, uh, listen, if they're going to win playoff games outside of Rice, um, you know, outside of, uh, of McKinnon, um, you know, uh, they're, they're going to have to have another guy step up. And uh, he's the most likely person. So you mentioned Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. If, when we see Pacheco back, be it this week or the following yeah. week after that shoulder surgery, whatever we see him, has he earned trust now that he's going to be getting some more snaps and feeling more comfortable without him? What we've seen these last couple of weeks, because for a while it felt like uh, maybe this guy was, well, was a wasted draft pick, but he can add a little bit of juice here down the stretch. What do you think snap-wise we're looking at him when Pacheco's back? Yeah, I think, I think, they'll, get him, I think they'll give him a few more reps. You know, I think with Pacheco, he runs so hard and he you know, he's so violent. And you know, Edwards can Edwards can lower the boom a little bit too. He's not as fast, you know, but he's short and, and stout, and you know, he can catch the ball. Clearly, that touchdown was sensational. I listen, I, 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 I had no idea that. how he caught it. I really do. I, I I didn't think that was in his bag of tricks. Yeah. I mean, not a, I, Patrick threw that ball and like, oh my god, don't throw it to him. And it was a great catch. And uh, listen, they again. This is kind of maybe he has the Damian Williams kind of role that uh, they had, you know, uh, pre Super Bowl Fifty Four. He came out mm-hmm. of nowhere, you know, last few games of the season, the post postseason, he was just dynamite. So listen, hey, if it's another option, you know, now teams have to look at Clyde Edwards-Helaire a lot different because of this game. Oh, hey, yeah, he can get outside and run the ball. Hey, he can catch the ball. So now we got to pay attention if they use him as a decoy. Again, it opens up other areas of the field, but. Uh, Listen, this is a good problem for Andy to have. He loves the kid. He's never given up on him, like I said earlier. And I think that's, that's the difference. And when Andy has confidence in you, 
he's just going to keep giving you the ball, and mm-hmm. good things happen, and, and it did this time. Uh, is there a, a chance that they can run down Baltimore, or is that out of the question? I mean, Baltimore's got their schedule's tough. They've got the Niners at yeah. Ninerville this week, then the Dolphins, yeah. who are are fighting for uh, you know seeding at this point. Fit before they finish uh, in their division against the Steelers, I guess there's an outside chance, although unlikely at this point, that they can somehow wrest away that one seed from Baltimore. You know, I think I, – I don't see how the Ravens are going to beat the 49ers. I, I just – I don't see it. I'm, I'm, I'm already counting that a loss. I think the Ravens' secondary is trash. I don't think it's very good. Um, they, they've been lit up by average receivers. You know, Trevor Lawrence yesterday just was absolutely terrible, and he had receivers open all game long. So I, I, think, I think there's a chance. But, guys, I'm going to be honest with you, I don't think it matters. I don't think it matters if the Chiefs are going to be one and two. If the Chiefs run the table, they're going to be number two because either Baltimore or Miami is going to lose. Um, and, and, and the Dolphins have a tough – they got a tough slate too. And uh, I, I don't think Baltimore is going to win their first-round game because they may end up be playing the Bills in the first round. Oh, God. <laughs> now think about that. I mean, yeah. you know, that's not the team you want. Or they have to face a really good Cleveland Browns defense. Now, granted, the offense stinks, but Joe Flacco back in Baltimore – after you won a Super Bowl there 10 years ago? I mean, seriously, how delicious is that for the NFL? That would be a great game. Uh, I'm not a Lamar Jackson fan. I've said this on his show for, what, four years now. <laughs> and uh, I'm not backing off now. Yeah, he played great against the Rams a week ago, and last night he did some, some crazy sensational things. But, man, he had some guys just make extraordinary plays to bail him out of certain situations. And he had the, the guts to throw the balls that he did. And, and you know, he, he's a terrific football player, but – that style of football does not win in the postseason. We've seen it for decade after decade after decade. So to answer your question, and yes, I think there's an outside chance, but I think no matter what, Arrowhead's going to host your sixth consecutive AFC championship game with the Chiefs the one or two. Joe Burrow will not be there, but Jake Browning no. will be coming up in a couple of weeks. You don't want to see Cincinnati in the playoffs, do you? Or Buffalo. Well, you know, Cincinnati, I, I, I can't lost one of their best defenders yesterday for the season. Um, I think Reader. Yeah, Reader. Uh, yeah, that's, yeah, that's yeah, bad. That's gonna that's gonna hurt. Yep. That's gonna hurt a lot. Yep. You know, he sets the tone in the middle. Yep. Um, listen, he's playing. You know, he's playing great quarterback for the Bengals. Um, again, I'm not I'm not concerned about anybody that Chiefs face. I think if they don't beat themselves, there's nobody that's going to beat them. You look at all five of the losses, and you know they beat themselves. And you know everybody's counting the Bills now as the team to beat. They're the Super Bowl team. They're the team that's the hottest right now. They're still kind of on the outside, you know, looking in. At They're the not playoffs. even in the playoffs right now. You're 100 percent right. No, yeah. it's just it's just crazy to me. But you know, every new every new weekend, it's the flavor of the month, mm-hmm. the flavor of the weekend. On Monday, we all talk about this guy looks great. He's an MVP. I mean, you know, Brock Purdy's a league MVP. Brock Purdy has been blessed with a plethora of outs. Yeah, but you know, no, no, don't go there. Yeah. Don't go there. He's too good. No, I can't play that card, Nick. Nope. Joe Montana didn't have players. You're not letting me finish, guys. You're just assuming. I I, I think he. Has You're to talking to two hardcore run. Cyclone fans right here. I know you are. I'm telling you, he's We're not. a perfect fit. He's a perfect fit yeah. for that system for that team. All I'm saying is, I'm not sure he can get him to the Super Bowl yet. He's got to show that he can. That's all I'm saying. I love the kid. It's a great story, but he has got a wealth of talent around him. He's in the perfect system. He came out of nowhere, and he's having a great season. Is he the true MVP? 
you know, I don't know yet. I don't know who the true MVP is because this this season there's so many guys that have been great for a few weeks, and, you know, he had a bad three-game stretch, and he turned his season around, and a lot of guys have too. So uh, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to annoy him as the, as the league MVP yet. Personally, I think McCaffrey is just an incredible football player mm-hmm. uh, who should be getting a lot of love for the MVP race. Good stuff, Nick Athen. Chiefsblitz.com. Chiefsblitz.com. Go Cyclones. <laughs> we say it every every morning when we get up and yeah. before we put our heads on the pillow at night. No, go over to Cyclone <laughs> Fanatic. You can find out just they're how much, Ken, real, and I love the Cyclones. They're not real fond of us. Good to hear from you, Nick. <laughs> Merry Christmas, brother. Appreciate it. Merry Christmas, guys. We'll talk to you next week. Yep. Take care. <laughs> Nick Athen. Chiefsblitz.com. Chiefsblitz.com for Nick. Here's the thing. Buffalo's going to win the East. What? Buffalo will win the East. Whoa, 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 whoa. Buffalo's going to... They're two games back, aren't uh-huh. they? Two games back. They're two games back, and they're going to win the East. Uh-huh. Do they have a tiebreaker? Yep. Okay, so Miami has to lose two. Yep. They are going to lose to the Cowboys this week? Yep. The Ravens? Oh, and then it's Buffalo. And then it's Buffalo. <laughs> Look what Buffalo's got. The Bills. They wrap up the season... Against my Chargers... <laughs> win win home for the patriots win at the dolphins at the fish well now Winner that you're saying all. that that is going to be the flex game on sunday night on the final week of the regular season division winner afc east the dolphins minus 280 uh-huh. the bills plus 220 get do- in line folks merry christmas no, from no, 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 miller no. and condon if you're going to do that though yeah do not oh, bet i see what you're doing do not bet nope Bills plus two twenty. Bet them weekly, weekly. Yep. So if you're putting twenty bucks on it, you're going to put twenty bucks down at plus two twenty. Now take that twenty bucks, mm-hmm. money line. Bet them against line, the Chargers. Money bet them against the Patriots. Bet them against the. You fish. will get a better return yep. doing that as opposed to betting the plus two twenty. Or you can take the lazy way out and just do it once, <laughs> and you don't have to forget. I like more money. Yeah, it's it, the same bet. It is the same bet. I agree with you. They have to win out yep. in order for this to happen. They have to win out. But look at the paths. Cowboys, that's a hungry football team. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, boy, oh, boy, oh, boy. It's going to be fascinating. Buffalo can win the East. Buffalo can win the East. Scott Dockerman is supposed to join us next. They're still in the uh, midst of interviewing coaches and players uh, in preparation for the bowl game. Hopefully, we'll, no, we'll get them tomorrow. It's Miller and Condon. We're on Des Moines Sports. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. 
Sports Station 106.224. Maybe you're thinking about franchising your business or purchasing a franchise. There's an experienced and trustworthy franchise lawyer right in your backyard. Don't waste your time or money searching for a lawyer out of state when Rush Niggett is here and ready to help your business. Hi, I'm Rush. I've specialized in business and franchise law for the past 25 years. I don't just want to be your lawyer. I want your business to succeed as much as you do. Your business needs Rush. Visit his award-winning blog at RushOnBusiness.com. It's good to have Rush on your side. The Neighborhood Tavern at 1350th Street in West Des Moines is under new ownership. And it's now Bevy's Tavern. It's a great place to unwind after a long day, catch up with friends, catch a ball game over delicious drinks and tasty bites. Come eat, come sip, and come socialize. Bevy's Tavern with new ownership at 1350th Street, just off 235. I'm pretty Hi, Miller and Condon. Welcome back to Moines Sports Station 106.3 KXNO. Let's get to right to our friend Scott Dockerman uh, from the Athletic. Iowa media availability has just wrapped up. Scott joins us from Iowa City. Doc Trenton, Ken, thank you for coming on. So I guess, um, you know, it wasn't really newsworthy other than the fact that there was questions that everybody wanted answers. We didn't get answers, but I guess that uh, uh, certainly uh, qualifies for making some news that these guys like Higgins and Castro, they still have not made up their decision or uh, made their decision either way regarding their next year's plans. Yeah, it's it's a little bit different, uh, a staggered decision process for the players. And we just wrapped up with Kirk Ferentz talking about offensive coordinator as well. But but regarding the players, uh, that uh, Castro, you know, said, well, I have till January, I think fifteenth is what he said, and to decide. And then uh, Jay Higgins says he wants to decide by the bowl game, probably by the time he gets to the bowl game, just so he knows whether to play. Uh, is this is his last game or the, to propel him to the next year. And then, and Cooper DeGene said the same thing where he's not real sure. Um, you know, he's, he's kind of monotone at times, so it's hard to get a read on him. Um, standing there with his crutches and everything. But, uh, as for all three, yeah, n- no, uh, decisions right now. And as for anything else, uh, Luke Lachey will not play in the bowl game. He might be close to being ready to being cleared, but they just figured that's not the, the right move. Speaking of that, of course, there's another decision still awaiting Luke Lachey. 50-50 seems to kind of be the prevailing notion on him returning for another season. Eric All maybe more leaning towards going off and giving a shot in the league. What about those two tight ends and the opportunities for them to have another season in a Hawkeye uniform? Unfortunately, we didn't get a chance to talk to him, so I, I can't. Re- mm. I, all I can do is really speculate. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I would say with with both of them having NFL opportunities. Um, you know, but they're in, at varying degrees. I mean, you look at, first of all, Luke Lachey, um, if he would have had a full season, I think he would have been a Mackey finalist. I think he would have been probably a second team All American and, and more than likely, uh, be an NFL, um, you know, top 50 type of player. Um, however, being injured as early as he did, uh, it's hard to say what's the next, you know, where does he fit in that pecking order? He didn't really, he wasn't here to say anything. Um, you know, with Eric All, his whole entire thought process was to come here for one year and then leave. Um, but having that ACL in October, I don't know how that impacts his draft status, what uh, teams may be telling him. I mean, it would be very unlikely if he was drafted very high, that's for sure. And, uh, you know, so what does he want to do 
the next level. That that's going to be uh, you know a decision he has to make. But you know, Kirk said today that they're giving them all you know the space they need. They're trying to uh, you know give them some advice, but ultimately it's their decision to make. They're not going to pressure them in any way. Um, so you know they're going to just kind of write it out. Uh, you mentioned the fact that you did have Ference and you was asked about the offensive coordinator. I'm sure you saw the, that wasn't a report, a more speculation uh, with Joe Philbin's name. I think it was Friday night that it was floated out there. Uh, do you get the sense, Doc, that Ference is still very much uh, open to uh, interviewing other candidates? Where do you think he is in the process? He said today that he's interviewed three pro- three candidates and he has one more to go that uh, he's not going to make a decision until after he returns uh, from the Citrus Bowl. That uh, it very well could be that he makes his decision, does not finalize it until then. But, uh, but you know, later this week he's talking to the fourth candidate, and he does want to bring um, those candidates to campus, or at least the one that he's most interested in. So, um, you know, Kirk, we've all talked about whether or not he wants to wait until after the bowl game. That's for sure. He said he feels like he'd be cheating his players if he didn't do that. Um, you know, if he decided to hire somebody now versus later because he wants to make it a thorough process, but he also wants to try to become one of the very few teams in Iowa history to win more than 10 games in a season. So he's, he figures he doesn't want to cheat his current players by looking ahead. And, uh, but they, you know, there's also some uncertainty with Brian Ferentz that, um, he's not 100% sure he will be the OC in this bowl game, but he should know more next week. Hmm. Scott, when you heard that, that three candidates he's talked to on the phone and one more to come, any hope of somebody without some tentacles to Kirk Ferentz, that's got to be off the board. Is, is that right to speculate about? Well, what he, what he, I asked him specifically about that, and I think one of the things he kind of brought up was bring, hiring Norm Parker. Granted, it was 25 years ago, but he's not going to necessarily um, – put somebody in, in a in a box per se but he's also um, going to make sure that whoever it is understands what Iowa football is all about mm-hmm. so it's you know they're not going to come in and run the spread you know and, and you know 95 percent of the time and, <laughs> yes. yeah. and you know so Nor should they you, no I mean it's it's been a, a system that's worked I mean they won 10 games this year so I think that that's really what they're going to you know, they're going to focus on fit. You know, if they're a good coach, a mentor, a teacher, a lot of different things that he mentioned there. And, and I think that's, uh, that's paramount on his list. So, um, you know, it could be, you know, he was, he was asked specifically about, you know, his thoughts on Joe Philbin and, and, and Paul Christ, and he was complimentary of both. And, mm-hmm. and then he kind of tossed a little bit of shade towards USC, uh, you know, saying that, you know, there's a team on the West Coast that, uh, you know, decided, well, maybe we should play defense. And, uh, you know, and, you know, last year they gave up a lot against Tulane, you know, so he didn't have, you know, he goes, and he even said, well, that's the school that had Ronnie Lott, you know, so wow. <laughs> okay, he knew exactly what he was talking about. That's a future uh, team that they're going to be playing in the Big Ten. So um, defense matters to him. And so he didn't get, you know, didn't say, come out and say it's going to be X or Y, but you know, we, we kind of know the timeline now, at least. So did we get salty, Kirk, today? Give us the, the mood there, because obviously we're just kind of reading your guys' updates over there, not hearing it yet. What was the mood of Kirk Ferentz over there? Um, not salty, a little bit sarcastic, okay. I would say. You know, he's, he, you know, I think he realizes, hey, this team's won 10 games. Mm-hmm. They've won, 
you know, they're what, eighth in power five wins over the last five or six years, uh, third in the Big Ten. I mean, you know, they've had, they've had some success and it may not be the, the success that everybody wants or it may not look the way that people want it to look, but, but wins are wins. And he repeated that message over and over and over again that it's about winning. And, uh, and I think that's the, the, push that he's going to make here that whatever it is is going to you know help him out he really stressed complimentary football so Kirk was pretty focused on kind of dispelling any thought that this is like a a non-successful program or something I mean he's he's pushing the the envelope forward that this is you know this is his style and this is how he wants to play and and he doesn't really care what anybody else thinks did he mention Tennessee or is that something for once you guys get to Florida uh, you know, not really. I mean, because it went about a little over 15 minutes because we did have Phil Parker and some players. Um, went about 15 minutes with Kirk. He didn't really talk too much about Tennessee. This was more of a of an update on players and, and that. But I'm sure that will come, especially when we're down in, in uh, Florida. One uh, article you had last week, and, and it bounced back into my mind as I was watching the games over the weekend on Saturday, and it just I was bored. And you talked about a lot about the Duke's Mayo Bowl and kind of reinventing themselves and the bowl system with the college football playoff with the expansion next year to it'll be 11 games and a 12 team playoff. It's going to be even more diminished. When you look future to the future of bowls, I know, Doc, you're a big historian of college football. What needs to be done? What are some realistic things that can be implemented to make bowl season still matter? I think. Kind of what the Duke's Mayo Bowl has done is is really it, it's made it an event. In some ways, I kind of compared it with some of my conversations to minor league baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, that you, when you go there for the dizzy bat races and the beer batter and all these other things, <laughs> side shows. I mean, you want to see the teams play and compete and win. But when players are opting out, when coaches are leaving, um, when there's the portal happening, and and you know you might see a shell of some teams that go to these bowl games. Yeah. Well, how do you convince people to either watch them, go travel, all that sort of stuff? Well, you know the Duke's Mayo Bowl has some ideas, which is you know the Mayo Bath, which everybody knows about now. But you know they set up an NIL marketplace for these players, and that's really smart. You know when you talk about somebody from North Carolina. Um, you know, if, if you're in, you're in Charlotte and then you can go out and, and conduct business there or, you know, maybe make some acquaintances with businesses who are in Fortune 500 companies. And, and so th- that's really, I think, part of it. And it's got to be about fun. And the other aspect is for some teams, it's going to be about a preview to the next year. I mean, look at last year with Iowa. Um, losing its top two quarterbacks, and you're down to a, a third quarterback. Who, that was his only start, but we didn't know that at the time. And uh, so I, I think that that's what's going to be like. Is, this is a preview to what you're going to see next year, and that's why Hayes is Xavier Wampa gets his first career start, and he has a pick six, and Joe Labus has a game. You know, so I think that's probably the, the factor. And the other part, Trent, is that they are relevant from a television perspective yeah. because. That their numbers are higher than what you see on basketball. Even great mm-hmm. basketball games are secondary. Now against the NFL, that's a different ball game, and they had three NFL games to go against on Saturday. Yeah, expanded uh, expansion of sports wagering hasn't certainly hurt the Bulls either. Doc, you got a great piece on the uh, breakdown of the 2024 class. I encourage Hawkeye fans to uh, head to the Athletic. Anything you'd like to promote, Doc? Before we uh, let you go. Yeah, uh, later this week I'm going to write about the – well, I'm going to write about today, of course. But I think later this week I'm going to write about the, the core four, the four earliest commits to this class, um, guys like 
Cam Buffington, Derek Wieskopf, Cody Fox, Preston Reese, and what they what they mean to this team because they get overlooked a little bit because they're not new. They committed so long ago, mm. but but in talking to them, they are all in and they've got a lot of talent and a lot of potential. So I went to each of their locations, although I have Wieskopf's tomorrow, and uh, and so I, overall, this is. Uh, it was a really fascinating look, and I've got that, I think, scheduled for Thursday. Good stuff. Look forward to it, Doc. Merry Christmas, uh, Scott, to you and your family. Uh, we will talk with you next week. Thank you, Scott Dockerman. All right. Merry Christmas, guys. Thank good, you so yep, much. Good to talk to you. Scott Dockerman from The Athletic as we catch, uh, catch up on the very latest uh, at Iowa football. Take a time out. Mr. Monday Night joins us next. It's Miller and Condon, Des Moines Sports Station, 106. Point- your podcasts. Wondering if your roof is showing signs of damage or aging? Call the trusted team at Wolf Roofing, like I did, to have them assess your roof. They're a local company with 30 years of experience. After a thorough inspection, they'll provide you with an honest, free estimate, help you choose the best product for your home and budget then get your project done in one day wolf roofing knows your home is one of your greatest investments let them take care of it for you call 515-225-8866 for a free estimate or go online get in on the action with the world's largest sports book Right at your fingertips. Circa Sports Iowa is where the pros play. Enjoy the highest limits, lowest takeouts, and competitive betting menus. Download, fund, and bet from anywhere in Iowa. Circa Sports Iowa. Sports betting the way it should be. Download your new bookie today. Visit CircaSports.com. Must be over 21 and present in Iowa to bet. Have a gambling problem? Call one 800 Welcome back to Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KXNO, Monday Night Football, Seattle. Host Eagles travel across the country. They are about a three-and-a-half, four-point favorite. Jalen Hurts, who's sick apparently. It's not uh, that he's banged up, although I believe he is, but it's illness that prevented him getting on the team plane. He's going to fly. If he's going to make the, go to the trouble of flying all the way to Seattle, don't you think he's going to play? Mr. Monday Night, what do you know? No clue. Mr. Monday Night hates this game. Points at home, three and a half, I guess. Mr. Monday Night hates this yeah, game. Yeah, not, that's not a strong lean either way. No. I Jalen Hurts, I hope he doesn't play selfishly for one reason. Hmm. That guillotine league I've told you about. Oh, yeah. The one guy that I'm battling to stay alive this week has Jalen Hurts. So what did I do? I had one roster spot available. Who would you grab? Marcus Mariota. Oh, interesting. I had to drop Kenneth Walker, who didn't make my lineup this week. And I picked up Mariota just because if Hurts doesn't play... He, that dude won't have a quarterback. It's kind of mean. Nah. Yeah. It's this late in the season. It's that's all right. on the line. You're still alive. No, that's gamesmanship. That's gamesmanship is what that is. I felt dirty stuff. as I hit click this morning <laughs> on the uh, pickup, but... Got to do it to stay alive sometimes. Absolutely. Uh, Frank Schwab from Yahoo Sports will join us tomorrow. Hopefully we'll catch up with Dane Mozatani on the Vikings. Boy, they let one slip through the cracks, no doubt. Dane's good. Dane's good, so he'll be a part of the program tomorrow. Thank you for being with us, Murph and Addy, in five minutes. The Drive with Heather and Sean, 3 until 6. We're Miller and Condon weekdays, 11 to 1. Des Moines Sports Station, 106.3 KX. And all.